Sentire Media. All right, we're going we're back. Let's do it again. All right. Thank you so much for downloading our podcast from Italy. I'm Jason to the left of me, Ashley. I start it the same way every time, I'm sure. Together we own, <laughs> operate, run, and live at La Tavola Marche, a small agriturismo nestled in the foothills of the Apini near a town called Piovico, the middle of nowhere. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. We're back. Well, no, not back. Let's be honest. We'll never do this um, in, with any consistency, but... It's been, I don't even know. I didn't even check. I think like since July. That, so... sounds, about, that sounds about right. <laughs> Let's take it back to August. It's um, September 30th. It's, today is September 30th. It is a mild uh, autumn day. We still have all the uh, doors and windows open. I'm sitting here in a t-shirt and it's actually not that bad. No, it was gorgeous. Last night was Sunday. We were watching football outside. Uh, 18 degrees, a little fall breeze, wind. It was really nice and super just enjoyable, pleasant yeah, not, weather. Not summer, but the days are, if the wind doesn't blow, the days are warm. Mm-hmm. So it's nice. The garden's still producing. Um, we're still getting still tomatoes. In fact, we were going through last night, uh, just going through picking um, just some, some of the little uh cherry ones are the gold ones and looking around at all the others and it's like oh there's so still so many tomatoes t- that we should really come through again and, and we probably do. jarred that we thought this year was going to be a bad year for things in the garden it was a wet slow start weird weather patterns big swings of temperature and the tomatoes won't quit we probably already jarred about 150 Plus jars. No, more. Because I gave Gaji 50. Okay, so damn near 200. Over 200. And they're about kilo jars, Mm -hmm. most of them. So, oh my God. We thought this was going to be a bad year. Like, oh, I don't know. The fruit, while it wasn't as uh, abundant as in years past, the fruit was all really clean. When I say fruit, I mean tomatoes. Um, It was all clean. It didn't have a lot of blemishes or or not a lot of bug problems. Um, I don't know. No. I, I, I wish I could tell you I'm uh The freezer's full of cherry tomatoes. Yeah, we can't freeze or anymore, little, tiny, jar little anymore. Pomodorini. I'm sick of jarring tomatoes. Like I, we put all the stuff away for jarring, I'm done. I just can't jar anymore. Uh we've done frozen ones. I don't like sun dried tomatoes, so we're not doing we don't do sun dried tomatoes. We uh started roasting them and roasting them in the oven, uh high, high, high temperature with like garlic and olive oil and salt. And the little ones and then putting those into jars and pasteurizing that. Um, but that's a lot of work and it's kind of messy. You can only do a few, at the, like a jar or two at a time. because And it destroys your oven because you have all this olive oil and tomato stuff spitting as it as the uh, tomatoes burst open it's just it's an oven wrecker we jar tons of green beans and there's more to go for that the borlotti are coming late better late than never the pumpkins were a disaster no they weren't a disaster they didn't do very well we had the the weather pattern was odd in the fact that the hot heat came on very early in June. So normally it's nice. June, May, June, it's nice. It's mild. And then July and August start ramping up the heat. This year, no. It just, it just came. Well, and I don't mean a disaster. I just shouldn't have said pumpkins. I was thinking all the awesome squashes and 
I still think well, pumpkin, yeah. but that were eaten by. Yeah. So, <laughs> so while we didn't have a lot of pumpkins, and when I say pumpkin, we have like 12 different types. They call everything here Zuka. Um, if it has that kind of pl- big leaf to it and it and it's uh, rampicante, what does that mean? Crawling. Uh, crawling. They call it a – it's in the Zuka family, the pumpkin family. So we had 10 or 12 different kinds. Um, they were looking good. It wasn't like we were had a – pumpkin patch going on but it was starting to look good it was okay. starting to look good and then the porcupines came the, the Easter <laughs> um and they my problem in the garden is not things getting over the fence it's things getting under the fence for some reason the deer and anything that can jump doesn't really mess with my garden mm-hmm. um things that go under do so the boar the porcupines the weasels the um the little uh, like tope moles, mice and moles, moles. Yeah. all those guys love to come and check out my garden. So um, we try to bury the fence uh, at least twenty centimeters under the ground. But in some spots, they'll just try, and they're porcupines, good size animal. They're big out here. They're big, and they'll dig under and kind of just weasel, kind of worm their way underneath. So we all summer long, you just kind of walk the perimeter every once in a blue and see if you can see them because you can see their tracks through the high grass and you can see the little roads they make with the, by tamping down the, uh, the grain or whatever's in the field. Um, and you try to reinforce those areas, but as it gets later in the year, you go down there a little bit less and all of a sudden you come up one morning and you're like, what the hell happened? There was a bite taken out of every single pumpkin that is why they're sons of bitches not that you eat a whole one and you're like all right thanks that was a good one i've got my fill a goddamn sample smorgiborg one out of each thing just enough size so they're ruined and these porks made like four holes in your i um, think a whole family came so Uh i've been battling them and i'll i'll fix the holes and put down (laughs) stakes and and put more earth around the bottom and that'll work for a little while and then you know four days later i'll They'll either dig it through or find another spot. So I think we need a uh, – I don't know. I'll research it for the winter. But every year it's something else. We still Last... need a night vision camera. Yeah, I need a night. <laughs> I want to I put a uh, – because... also, the other night I got woken up at about 3.30 in the morning mm-hmm. to the sound of what sounded like pigs fighting or dying. One or the two. And it sounded like they were in bed with us. It was so close. Next to our little house is a two wild plum trees. That The plums are not great. You can make like liquor with them or something like that. But if you go to eat them, they're very tart and the, the flesh is very firm. But they fall on the ground and they start fermenting and you smell them like you smell rotting fruit. And that attracts the boar. Well, there I don't know how many there were, but it sounded like there were a hundred. Jason goes out to check it out and makes some noise and is like, oh, my God. And then you could just hear him running. You hear him and crashing down towards the <laughs> river. river. And that's when it was like, oh, there's more than one. It yep. just – I'd make the noise, but it's it just going to blow your ears here. out. <laughs> just think of what it sounds like. <laughs> and um, they left big poops down by the chicken coop for me, like big, huge poops poop piles it's like oh my god uh so we need a we need a camera to see all this stuff i want to see these boars i know it i know it's i love that kind of stuff you never know what's going on at night so every year it's something different this year the porks got my pumpkins last year the uh, the moles moles got my peppers and you know is it is what it is that's the life of the that's the the life of the countryside i guess should we stick with um stuff going around the farmhouse like the wood being delivered and what's going on with that. Sure. All right. How much did you get? 
Uh, this year I got a ton of wood. That's uh, what I'm talking about. A ton, about. a ton. So they were uh, – every 16 years they can go through a different area and fell the uh, – fell the wood for um for the winter now you can't just even if it's your land you can't just go into your land and just start cutting down trees um which is kind of nice you contact the forest service and they'll come out and do a survey and they thin so i don't know it's like three and one like for you know they'll pick one and i i don't know exactly how it works but um it's not clear cutting so this year they did the field um Next to next to and behind the house, very close, and um, brought it all down about I don't know middle of September, mm-hmm. beginning of September, right about yeah, yep, and um, brought it over to the house. And this year they, but right, I was going to say right about the time you were starting to get nervous. Yeah, I was getting nervous because I didn't order the wood, and they're felling it next to. Um, Fushiani made a deal with some of these guys who go around and cut down trees. And um, I was worried because they cut it in the spring and then they leave it to sit and cure and dry all summer long. And then normally during the summer, you'll see everyone pulling out the wood and stacking it. Well, no one came until first week of September. And Fush just kept saying, yeah, it's good. You're it's taking care of it. Don't worry it. about it. Don't worry about it. Like, but then, I am worrying about it because I didn't order wood from anyone else. And, once and it, as you started asking around, getting nervous... Uh, most of the wood was sold. Yes. So it's like, oh my God, if this doesn't pull through, which this is Italy, so you never quite know, especially if you're not the one making the deal, if you will, and you're using a middleman. And it's like, this is how we heat our house. This is really important. <laughs> so we got to get this figured out. Jason now, was it's terrible. sitting there. I can walk every day while I drive by the field. I see it in on the hill and it's just laying there. So it was, I, I called Foosh and I go, listen, I'll get up there. You bring your tractor over. I'll get up there and I'll load it up and we'll bring it out. I'll do it myself because this is a big deal. He's like, no, patience, patience, patience. And it's true. I uh, still, you know, 12 years in, it's, you still have to. Be really patient and just, I don't know, but I, I don't like gambling like that on something like heat. True. But sure enough, two days later. Two days later, the, the guys showed up. They uh, the great system for bringing it out. These these bins that they attach to the front and the back of the uh, tractor. And then with... So the wood is stacked. The wood is all stacked and they hold it all together with simply two uh, sticks on either side with a cheap nylon cord running through. And sometime, somehow this holds this giant bundle of wood from falling apart. It's, a, it's absolutely no idea. amazing. Anyway, they brought it up all stacked, so I'm happy about that. But there is a ton, and it's long. How much? Give people an idea. Uh, 27 cubic meters. Um, I bought it. Normally, they sell it by the uh, quintale or 100 kilos. So when you order wood, you don't buy it by volume usually like you do in North America. You buy it by weight. Um, and normally we go through about a hundred quintale or 10,000 kilos a, a winter. This year I got almost 140 quintale. So, uh, 14,000 something kilos. So I got a good bunch because I don't know. It was sitting there. <laughs> oh my God. Some is good. More is better. Well, it doesn't go bad. No, but it's all long. It's all long. So it's not chopped up. It's not ready to burn. It is in one meter, 40 centimeter long pieces, whether it's big, thick or sticks. It's all long. So, so we got a project. Yeah. I like it. I'll split wood all winter. Mm-hmm. It'll be good. <laughs> the pool is covered. It is, uh, like we said, September 30th, so October is knocking on the door. We were actually swimming two weeks ago. I so. know. That's what I was going to say. This is, the, I think, one of the latest we've ever closed to the pool. 
yesterday, two days ago, there was a guest. Jason's like halfway draining the pool, finishing all the stuff. There's no beds even around it anymore. And one of the guests jumps in and was like, hey, all right. I mean, it's going to be chilly, but enjoy, I guess. And she did. But I know it's just been so pleasant in that sense, Um, Um, which also means the um, forecast of what we've been hearing is truffles. Yeah, this... So we were in the woods two days ago Mm -hmm. looking for mushrooms with some of the guests, and there wasn't very many at all. But the word on the street is there are white truffles. Now, truffle season shouldn't – now, black truffles, uh, I think the season opened in September, right? Yeah. Um, White truffles shouldn't – you shouldn't be able to hunt for the white truffles till tomorrow. But yesterday – yesterday – there were cars everywhere, dogs everywhere. This morning at about 5.30, <laughs> it just – it was like a, our little dirt road turned into like a superstrata. It was crazy how many cars were out this morning. And then I was like, yeah, 5.30-ish, and we could see some fl- like light of a flashlight hit the side of our place and into our window and stuff. And it was like, what? We're not, used, we're not used to What's it yet. On? And sure, Jason goes outside. Hey! Who's here? <laughs> and uh, the guy's like, I'm a truffle hunter. He goes, oh, okay. But it's, first of all, you're not even supposed to be doing that. No, it's not open until <laughs> tomorrow. It's not open until tomorrow. And even that, you're not supposed to do any of these dog things until there's light. Yes. It was so pitch, it was pitch well, it, we, were an, we were an hour from the sunrise. <laughs> because we are still, we won't change our clocks until November, November 1st. Um so it's we still have a long month ahead where it's going to be dark. It's going to be dark into the 7 o'clock hour, which I don't like at all. No, it's, it makes for a slow start when all summer long it's like you just bust out of bed, get jumping. By 7.30, you've gotten so much done. And here it is, 8 o'clock, and we're doing the podcast lingering. Yeah. So, that, uh, so I think we caught you guys up we, uh, with what was going on around the farmhouse. We were switching out all the you know winter stuff or summer stuff for the winter stuff, putting away all the – trying to put away all the winter f- or summer furniture. Oh, we had an incredible harvest of onions this year. Yeah, the on- onions always do well here. No Fantastic. matter what else goes on, the onions do great. <sighs> I have so hundreds good. and hundreds of kilos. I have made anything I can think of with onions. Uh, onion gratinata with the breadcrumbs in the oven. Uh, uh, onion French, soup, onion French onion soup. French onion soup. Uh, onion tart. Um, Recipe, please. Uh, just <laughs> anything I could use with onions. Giving them away right and left. We have so many. I told onions. you to hold back on that, though. I'm done with giving them away. I want to make sure we have them throughout Babe, the winter. We have <laughs> so many onions. I don't think we'll eat them, but uh, they're delicious. And we they're, um, we grow three different kinds. We grow tropea, which are the oblong, pointy red ones. We grow um, Dorata di Parma, which are the white ones. And then we call them the Croce di Beppe, the the Beppe cross. Um, somehow the red ones and the white ones crossed and made a violet one. So and Beppe is the uh, sweet old man who we we start all. He's just recently retired this year, so we're now saving him too. But um, he would start all of our onions, and, and he did a great job. The onions, the little baby onions that we would get, would be gorgeous stunning even this year they're huge they were huge when we put them in so uh so beppe is retired and i uh he taught me how to plant the some of the male uh some of last year's onions and then those will become male plants and make the little ball on top with the seeds and that's what we did and then you cut the cut them off dry the seeds and we'll start 
um, the onions next. Well, he's he's lives in Fano, so it's a lot warmer on the coast, so he c- can start seeds earlier. Well, and just really quick, so once you pick the onions, um, we we needed to pick them a little tiny bit early because we had a lot of rain coming, and so what we do is you pick all the onions, you pull them. And we leave them out on long tables um, to dry. We, you want the tops to dry out. No green. No tops. green. And um, we have different ears, braided them and hung. But this year there were so many and it's a lot easier and better storage for us if we wait for the tops to dry out completely. Cut it back to, um, I don't know, the tip of a thumb um, length above the onion itself. And then lay it in a flat... Um, apple crate kind of thing. Cool. One, one layer, cool, dark place, little air passing through and they'll last till New Year's. Usually. Mm-hmm. But that's a lot easier storage for us. Cause we don't have a good place to hang. Them. hang. We, we, we hung <laughs> one year. We did it and hung them in the dining room and there would First just, of all, it, was, it looked hysterical and cool people. It looked a little too much like the olive garden, <laughs> but you would be doing something and all of a sudden you'd hear an onion just hit the table and it's like, Oh, that one slipped out of its braid. And it's, we were afraid because these onions are big. could kill someone if it, you get hit in the head with an onion. Yeah, a little concussion for sure. Cooking class concussion. Jeez. So we try to keep it simple, but we've learned. And, um, yeah, it's always tr- uh, difficult for us to preserve certain things over the winter that aren't jarred because we have dry storage uh, issues. 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 <laughs> Uh, all right, so let's. That's what's going on around here now. Let's take you back uh, to the summertime. Let's take you back. So um, this summer, what uh, thing? Oh, Piobico had a great turnout for its Polenta Festival. It was really, really cool. Thousands of people this year. They do um, around here. They do a Polenta Festival usually the last weekend of August, the first weekend of September. Um, Polenta in the copper cauldron. So it's a dry, like, um, almost think of lasagna, except with take the pasta and replace it with uh, polenta. Dry, like, um, firm polenta slices. So they lay it out onto a table as it's wet, let it firm up, cut it with a string, and start making this kind of, yeah, two-layered polenta casserole. Um, Really, really good. Interesting to eat this really heavy, hot (laughs) dish when it's just 1,000 degrees outside, but this year, it was really good. We were all so sweaty, too. It was so hot, and we're like, this is so good. This year, it was excellent. It was excellent. I think they changed the person who makes the sauce. It's Mm -hmm. all about the sauce, because the polenta is always done by the same guys, and it's done in copper cauldrons over open fires, and they they, uh, set up the little teepees and hang the copper pot and stir 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 um it's really cool to uh watch them do it it's always in conjunction with the uh uh, club de, de Bruti festival, which is the ugly, famous ugly club of Piobico. And they always crown the ugliest of Piobico during this <laughs> festival. So it's, it's a lot of fun. It's nice to see Piobico because, um, Piobico's festivals are always hit and miss. Uh, like in rock, they do an in rock on May 1st, like this rock, uh, festival and it's always raining. Uh, what else do they do? It almost rained. Um, or it rained just before the Polenta Festival. Then the following week when they did it again, it rained. Bored. So They it, do these fall and spring fests, and it's just too percoloso. It's, it's too, too dangerous. dangerous. The Italians are not tough when it comes to the weather. <laughs> so if there's a drop of rain, no one shows up. So it's a real risk for these tiny towns because they have to lay out all this money to set everything up. And if no one shows up, 
they are in big doo-doo. So they sell insurance to these tiny towns for uh, weather insurance. So if it gets rained out, they can recoup the money that they that they spent on setting it up. So thank goodness this year the weather was great, and I've never seen it in 10 years this packed. No, it was wonderful. It was really, really nice. This summer we also did something we had never done before, a uh, staycation in Fano. We always talk about Fano, 45 minutes drive from the farmhouse. But my best friend was in town and um, her little family, and we thought it would be fun to do a beach night getaway. And it was a blast. We cheap hotel on the Adriatic. And um, just to be able to spend the whole day there at our buddy's beach club, Cala Bianca, and go walk around, take a nap, Get up actually for us. The best part, which made it feel the most like a vacation, is we're up in early morning risers to get up early and go walk Fano as like the street cleaners are just finishing up and All get the bars early. Are opening, there's everyone's sweeping up. We never are in Fano for that time, exactly. And to not have had a 45 minute drive to get there, it was fantastic. It felt like we were. Just a million miles away. We should definitely do that again next summer. Yeah, Fano's a sweet little town. Mm -hmm. Um, What else went on this? um, Oh, funny things that happened. Oh, my gosh. My favorite story, my favorite news story of the, um, and this has happened before, so I can't believe I forgot it. Um, I needed more pool supplies in the middle of the summer, like the, the second week of August. Um, you would think not a big deal. There's pools all over the place, or you can go online. Well, you can't go online and order anything in August because all the delivery drivers for the courier services go on holiday, and your stuff doesn't get delivered. I was told a story a lot of podcasts back where I needed this part for my oven during August, so I went up to the like distribution center and said, I need this package. And they, the lady takes me into the warehouse and points to a giant mound, like, incredible mound of packages and said this is Giuseppe's route go find your package no one's no one when they go on vacation the packages just pile up they no one is delivering them <laughs> so when Giuseppe gets back he'll, wait, wait. he'll pick through his you know he'll eat away at this big pile and get all get them all delivered but whoo so you can't you can't order anything in August um but there's a lot of there's a pool supply store right in Beloki, right before Fano. So um, when we were driving back through, we stopped to go get pH. That's what I need, pH. Well, <laughs> get up to the thing and look. Oh, what does the sign on the, on the door say? We are on vacation from August 7th. <laughs> August 7th. This is a pool shop. August 7th to... It was like the 27th. 20, like to the end of August. <laughs> this is not an uncommon thing. Now you say, what's the big deal? They went on vacation. They're only open four months a year. Their whole thing is to sell pool supplies. Pools, pools generally are used in the summer. August 15th, the uh, Ferragosto, is the culmination of summer where every pool in this whole area will be used. And God knows someone's going to need something. How do you close <laughs> in August when you're a pool supply store? It's amazing. It, it was just like, amazing. oh my God, of course they're closed. Why wouldn't you take a vacation when you only have, oh my God. So I call around to another couple. If 
all the pool supply stores are closed. They go on vacation in August. Most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Why do we do this, guys? We should get into the pool business. We should just open a pool supply store yes. in the month of August. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Oh, my God. So that that's my favorite one. That's uh, I, You might not be impressed with that story. That's all right. I, I thought no, it was No, it's just classic hysterical. life out here. It is. It's classic. Uh, keep it going. Should we talk about the ospedale? Yeah. So, um, the, <laughs> I had a little, uh, mini surgery, uh, this week, and this was going to be the first time that I had to go under the knife in Italy. I have a, I had a lymphoma on my chest, uh, just a freaking fat polyp thing, like a <laughs> fat's trying to escape my body in different ways. And, um, so it was time to get it off, taken off and, uh, appointment at three o'clock, we had done it privately, but you're still doing it. So meaning I had set up the appointment with the doctor personally, paid out of pocket, um, met with him a month or so before for a consultation. Then he told me he would let me know when the appointment would be great. It's, it's basically, it's not like you go to a private hospital or you have no. a private doctor that's not part of the health system. Basically going private means you skip the line. Exactly. And, uh, so big, I'll big price tag on this one too. <laughs> it was 130 euros. Um, so coming from an American perspective where that would be cheap with your insurance. Oh my gosh. Um, it's like, yeah, is, we'll do this is nothing. Yeah. Let's, let's just, go private. Just, um, you don't have to wait four months. Great. I get to pick the doctor the whole and the thing day. and the day. Great. So it's three o'clock appointment. We've never done this before. Not exactly sure. Um, Italian hospitals are notoriously difficult to navigate. Um, and sometimes they have weird, not weird, but rules where you have to go check in in a different um, building. Uh, I don't even know. There's a, Each one seems to have a completely different protocol. So we got there early just to make sure and um, didn't need to check in anywhere else. Just go straight to the um, area that they tell me to. And wait, so, um, booking privately does not mean your appointment will be on time for sure. Uh, my appointment was at three. Like I said, I think they saw me at like five 30. We unfortunately got there early at around two something. So <laughs> just a nice long wait. Okay. Now Italian hospitals do not have all the, let's call it glitz and <laughs> glamour of North American hospitals. It is Fluorescent lights, white walls, cross over every door, and... Silence. Silence. Not a television, not a radio, not a nothing in sight. There's a random vending machine. However, where they do show their glitz and glamour is in their marble window frames. There's so <laughs> much marble in this. We're looking... We're just, listen, we were sitting on, on a hard plastic chair for six and a half hours, so you, uh, your mind wanders. Yes, the walls are white. It's stark, but no, it need to be painted. It, the whole thing needed to be painted. But oh my god, look at all this white marble everywhere, <laughs> everywhere. Oh, windows. It's like we could just rip out some of these uh, window sills and we could freaking do a whole other wing of this. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, no hospital. one cares about that. I know. <laughs> go, <keep going. laughs> so the doctors are great because. Um, they want to make you feel comfortable, especially being a foreigner and all of that too, I think. But um, I had a little, not freak out, but I got nervous in the, because I was awake. That's the weirdest part. Do not suggest it. But um, 
was just local anesthesia, but still, it's a weird sensation. And um, they went a little deeper at one point. You'd really want to get knocked out and have to spend the night in the hospital. No, I don't rather want to. No, just, but it's, it's just weird. It's just weird. I hear you, but I don't want to get Hearing, smelling. Up. It's much more dangerous to get put under than I'm it is sure. for what they did. But I was just going to say that they, you know come by and touch your hair or stroke your face or if you're starting to get nervous i don't know it's nice you're a person it's not just like pump her up with more meds or i don't know it was just like just relax it's okay they were like tell us um what's your favorite meal jason makes and i was like pasta i don't know tagline tell her like I just, do your thing exactly oh a side note that was a little bit of a funny thing was right before um i go in for the surgery and i'm down in the um operating room area um, a bunch of the different doctors and nurses come over to double check and just have me confirm exactly the spot um, where the lymphoma is. Didn't seem to be um, strange to me. Make sure, you know, left hand, left hand, left hand, don't cut off the right hand. So I was like, yeah, this is where it is. But the first one to come over was the doctor and he had taken a marker and kind of just marked the spot. And um, then, yeah. Just with a dot. Just a little dot. And then I didn't see it. And then like six different people came over. And checked on it and this and that. Didn't think anything of it. Right before as I'm getting wheeled in, they're like, do you want to get the NEMA taken off? And I was like, what are you talking about? And they're like, it's right above the lymphoma. And they keep asking about this. And they're like, I think it should go. And I was like, what? And the guy shows me his hand and a freckle. And I'm like thinking, I don't have a freckle on my chest there. This is so bizarre. And then there's a lot of buzz about this, this NEMA. And the doctor comes over and he goes, oh, nope. That was just my marker. <laughs> just my marker point that's nothing and i thought oh my god they thought i had a black freckle that looked like it needed to go and <laughs> that doesn't look good we should cut that out exactly because i was like it's this all the same to me if you think it needs to go just go and the doctor comes over and looks oh no that's just my marker it was just like classic i thought it was so funny but um, come back, do the little recovery in the room, starving because you couldn't eat for the whole day. And they, uh, they bring me some crackers or whatever. And Jason, we're, you know, it's like eight o'clock after <laughs> eight, <babe. laughs> and it's like, oh my God. So he goes over to the nurse's station and I'm like the last one left now and kind of in the little recovery area, um, or in my recovery room. And, um, I hear him down at the nurse's station asking, my wife's very hungry. And they go, well, we can give her some more crackers. And she, he goes, no. Uh, very hungry. Can I go get her a pizza? And they reply, sure, you can bring her a little beer too. <laughs> it was so funny. So he goes and gets me some pizza, brings it back. It's um like four big slices on a little paper platter laying on my back and it's on my stomach. Jason goes to run to the bathroom or do something. And the nurse checks in on me. And I felt like such a fatty. Just a pl- I- Belly full of pizza. Just a, it looks like I've eaten a whole pizza to myself and by myself. It was just like, hey, how you doing? I was trying not to get the pizza and the sausage on my like my uh, outfit thing. My outfit? <laughs> you mean your, your, the disposable? Yeah, gauze. my little disposable outfit. Which, by the way, okay, that's another thing. We found there's like total um, – we didn't realize there was – added protocol to going to the hospital that was unrelated to your check-in, meaning – 
people bring like suitcases of clothes and there were these Jason two, got watched okay. this. I watched these two older ladies because we're all in the day surgery wing. So mm-hmm. no one's like everyone has little things. No one's like uh It's no, a lot of biopsies, yeah, actually. It's not a lot of sick like no one's sick sick. It's mm-hmm. one guy had like arthroscopic knee surgery. Ashley's getting her her fats escaping from her chest. <laughs> um another couple of ladies had biopsies. So the, the mood is not like um It's pretty light. Yeah, it's a lighter mood. Um so you get to talk to a few people and Oh well especially Italians want to know everything. They want to yeah, you have to declare everything that's going on. Why are you here? We need to know. Did you hear what's happening in three B? <laughs> totally. <laughs> anyway, there was these two older ladies and they were the uh you know, like the put together grandmas that looked just cute and like they brought different outfits for different stages of the experience so they came in looking like you know normal italian grandma when we were in the waiting area where it's you know before they kind of get you in give you the wristband and all that then once they got into the uh first stage first phase if you will where you get your wristband and they ask you to change into the uh, the little um you know smocky whatever so the ladies changed but they had scarves and little hats and slippers to match the same color as the as the smock thing which was great one of them had a slip to wear underneath it so she did she yeah did she okay then i saw them again after they come out of surgery and they're wearing or after their little procedure thing um they're walking around because everyone's kind of just walking around it's weird there's rooms everyone has a bed in a room um but everyone's just kind of walking around um change the shoes change the slippers Heavier, heavier little grandma sweater and different scarf. Mm-hmm. Everything matched the bl- the light blue of the original, you know, the little s- smock thing they give you. And then when she was leaving, she had a different outfit because we were all there in the afternoon when it was a warm day. She has a different, totally different outfit to wear. Wear home. Well, of home. course. <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this woman brought a whole, like, she sat there and planned it out. This totally. is what I'm wearing. This is going to go. I know the colors. I know the color we're going to be wearing and I'm going to look great. She did. She looked great the whole time. The woman I was sharing a room with too. She had some great pajama set and a really cozy sweater. And then exactly, um, her daughter came and it was time for her to go and change the whole outfit up. And I was like, what the, oh my God. So you can see there's not a lot going on in the hospital because we're talking about the old ladies outfits outfits, but it was noticeable that everyone had a suitcase and we just kind of showed up well it also was noticeable after being in the states um dealing with hospital things with families in the past just that hospitals we've talked about this slightly in america at least ones i've been to in seattle felt a little more like a not let's not call it a hotel but there's a lot of services there's a lot of glitz like jason was saying televisions um, heat or, you know, <laughs> um, you have your room for the most part. Yeah. Single rooms. These this were three, two, three beds to a room. Um, you have a locker in your room if you want. Um, and it was a place where you heal. Like it wasn't, you're not there you're not to be meant entertained. To hang out. Yeah. yeah. It's not a, it's not supposed to be like home. You're here to get something done. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be comfortable. Like it was comfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. But it was, I have to say. It was a great experience. The doctor was excellent. The nurses were wonderful. Um, Jason oh, he looked the part too. Oh my god! 
the, he totally Fires. just like the salt and pepper, full thick head of hair, it tan. Um, they wear hot pink scrubs. Like uh-huh. all the surgeons wear hot pink, um, and they ju- and they have uh, the, their clogs to match. They look good. All the surgeons look good. They did. It was good. And then a couple days afterwards, they called to make sure everything was healing. I said, "Thank you for the courtesy call. That's so nice." And she said, "Tanti auguri, many wishes. We want to make sure you're not vomiting." <laughs> and- <laughs> And, uh, and I'll head back in a couple more days and they'll take out the stitches or, um, just give me my last check and we'll be good. Yep. So all in all, good experience. Yeah. Not efficient. No, but people just get so nervous and it's out of your hands for a lot of this stuff. And I don't know. They do. I feel like they tell you everything that they're doing and keep you, you might have to wait, but once they're seeing you, they're seeing you. That's for sure. Yeah, Dr. Fares. Fares, yes. Oh, he's very good. He is very good. <laughs> Unfortunately, though, because I had the surgery, I missed the – on um, Friday, there was a big event in La Marque that we were invited to because we were awarded or recognized – I don't know what you call it um, – by the region and the cultural and tourism department, the number two agriturismo in the entire region for social media, which for – uh, that was a big little thing I felt pretty proud about. Um, but unfortunately I didn't feel like driving an hour and a half each way sitting for probably four hours Oh, or not more. probably. The, the email <laughs> the program said was four hours. it starts at three and ends at seven. <laughs> oh four god. hours. Oh my god. So, um, and you know, it's going to have to start with a history of social media. <laughs> So, um, missed that, but we'll be getting our recognition certificate in the mail soon, she said, which should be fun to see our parchment, our scroll. Um, but yeah, it's been busy. We're fully booked for fall. And so between surgeries and, um, wood and and tomatoes still, it's, there's a lot going on and the guests (laughs) and the guests and coming up this, uh, coming up starting this weekend, um, is starts the truffle festival. Yep. So it kicks off in a Pecchio with the truffle and beer festival, which they always do a great job. Then it goes over to Sant'Angelo and Vado for the Moto Raduno. The, they do a truffle festival and a motorcycle rally and think Ducatis and Moto Guzzi's, not Harleys, that mm-hmm. kind of moto rally. Um, and then it finishes off at the end of the month in Aquilonia for the kind of the biggest one of our little area with the um, uh, national national festival of white truffles in Aqualand. It should be a big difference because last year the talk was very nervous that they might be breaking truffles from oh, somewhere they did. else. There I was know. I was trying to be nice. Um, and thankfully this year, yes, like I said, forecast has truffles. So um, it is a, there is a lot of talk. There is a lot of talk. Um, it's a bit, it brings a lot of economy to this little area, so hopefully there will be some. We will see. Well, and if this weather stays nice and mild, at least for some of the festivals, it makes it also so much more enjoyable, and you get all the locals coming out. I hope we, there's truffles, because we have a big truffle package <laughs> at the know. end of the month, and we have to gamble that there's going to be, because they're all... <laughs> what I mean there's going to be, meaning... I can leave a note on the, one of the guys in my driveway saying, hey, I want to buy truffles, um, and it's a lot easier. There'll always be... He's truff- pointing at our driveway right now because we can see it there's, out of our window, there's and there's a handful cars. of cars um, of mushroom hunters So, right now. for instance, last year, those guys didn't have anything, or what they had was 
very expensive. So And because last year was so dry. So yeah. it was also the ones that were found were good. They were pungent, but they were like very compacted. Yes. They weren't the right small. Yep. And very small. So it was not it was just not a good year. Um so what happens is the price just goes insane. Last year it was five thousand fifty five hundred euros a kilo. That is expensive. So if you want to do a truffle dinner, I need like fifty to seventy grams per person. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of money. We're talking hundreds of euros per person. Um, so we have bet that they're not going to be that price. <laughs> and hopefully they will not be. No, it'll be fine. It'll be good. And what else is going on? Um, October, October 2020 next year, guys, is already crazily starting to fill up. If you're thinking about taking over the farmhouse for a big event, birthday, just family reunion, or just with another couple friends, um, shoot me an email or check out the website and let's start planning those dates because um, those weeks are starting to fill up. And then check out the calendar as well because we have most of our cooking workshops on there. And um, we'd love to have you come out. It's crazy that we're... Um, in September, this year's done, not done, but sold out and next year is looking to get that way soon. So, um, com. and really quick too, before we start wrapping things up, I have to give a huge shout out to you guys, our listeners who are our guests. You guys are awesome. The guests who come out here, who listen to the podcast are our favorite and we've had a ton this summer and I just want to say thank you thank you thank you for not only sticking with us through the podcast through all these years going back and listening to old ones but making the trek out and coming to see us um it's been really fun meeting you guys I can't believe you listen don't you have anything to do with your time <laughs> nothing Sometimes we've had it this summer. We had a couple guests back to back who were big fans, and it was funny. And they said, you know, we we just kind of feel weird. We listen to you guys all the time, so we feel like we know you so well, and and it's a little embarrassing and all of this. And I said, no worries. I said, you know, and I I'm guessing this family is going to be listening to this. I said, but probably the hardest one, not weirdest, but just. I don't know how to say, uh, have a response to it was when we had a guest tell us that they were big podcast fans and that their daughter was delivered listening while they were listening to our podcast. And I thought, oh my God, that's terrifying. Wasn't quite sure how to respond to that one, but, um, (laughs) I just want to say thanks so much. You guys are awesome. All right. Let's wrap it up. Bring it home. All right. Well, I don't know when we'll be back again. No, we'll do. Well, it's easier this time. It is. It is. So hopefully we'll try to do it in another two no, weeks no or so. No guarantees. If we don't make a promise, then we won't break the promise. We'll okay. just do it. Until next time. A la próxima. You can find us at La Tavola Marque, L-A-T-A-V-O-L-A-M-A-R-C-H-E dot com for the website. On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, number two social in La Marque. So you know where to social. find us. Social. <laughs> Shoot us an email at info at La Tavola Marque. Send us your questions. Oh, and for those who have asked, we'll see. Next year, May, first week of May, we are doing a Move to Italy consulting workshop for all of those who have just gotten back from their trip to Italy and are so eager I to start I just want to move there. Yes. So check it out. <laughs> Thank you so much for downloading and listening and enjoy the beginning of autumn. We'll talk to you next time. Ciao, ciao. Sentire Media 
Hey, podcast producers and show hosts. Do you want to join a podcast network that celebrates all things Italian? At Sentiri Media, we understand the allure of Italy and its unique culture. Our devoted team of hosts and producers are all driven by their shared passion for Italy. And we work tirelessly to create the best lifestyle podcasts and content that will whisk you away to the very heart of Italy. With us, you can savor the mouth-watering flavors, get lost in the stories from the past, break down the cultural barriers, and truly immerse yourself in the vibrant traditions of this intoxicating country. If you have a great podcast idea or are already in production and would like to join Sentire Media, head over to sentiremedia.com. That's S-E-N-T-I-R-E media.com and find out how to submit your show.